Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Benjamin Friedman. After 15 years of bumpy and rewarding startup rides, Benjamin founded a company, Build, Scale, Grow, to help startups expand exponentially at a fraction of the cost to hire a full-time leader. In the last 10 years, he's helped five companies reach successful M&A transactions and applies the hard but valuable lessons from helping dozens of founders reach the next level. Thanks so much for joining me today, Benjamin. Uh, thank you, Diane. This is a pleasure. I am thrilled to have you here. And, and um, what we're going to be talking about today really applies to not just startups, but you know, businesses in general. So I, I think there's things that all of us can learn from this conversation. Um, but to start with founders, I'm curious about what you think the biggest challenges are that you see founders face. Sure, that's a great way to, to start our conversation. Uh, so I meet founders at all stages of companies from ones who have an idea or just getting off the ground all the way through uh, later stages of, of funding and, and self-realized revenues. And in all those cases, uh, there is a common theme where the founder has to really get to know themselves and their development process so that they're clear in how they can contribute to the company's growth. So if the company is successful, the company itself and the founders will be adapting and shifting their focus constantly and really understanding the constants that is their values and what they want to accomplish, as well as the variables and responding to those that's really a challenge for founders, but also the key to success. Boy, I sure can see that that <clears throat> see that being a thing, especially because you know there, there are like a hundred things you have to worry about as a small business. So, and things are changing. We've figured this out in the past couple of years. Like I always say, you know, uncertainty's always been there. It just has been very um, magnified in, in the past couple of years. So let's talk about strategy and, and why that is so important and how someone goes about formalizing a strategy. Sure, that would be great. Uh, so 
Well, I talked a moment ago about how the founder needs to be very clear about their vision and their values. Those should remain constant. Almost everything else is variable and the markets can change, the economy, the stakeholders, their influence and who are the investors and other stakeholders, as well as the team itself. All of that will change uh, regularly over time. So strategy is really important to lay down. This is the direction we're going to head. This is the plan we're going to conceive. This is how we're going to implement that plan. It's really important because that's going to help push the company uh, from where you are today to where you want to be going. Okay, so that feels like, so correct me if I'm wrong, but that feels like it can, it can um, help a company not sort of veer off into, you know, off on a side road accidentally. That's very much the case. And that might happen either because the founder's vision is not ready for the market. It's not a good fit. And it could also happen because the market changes. You know, some of the products and services that were wildly successful at the beginning of the pandemic are now struggling as financial models and businesses at this stage of the pandemic. Yeah, right. It, I mean, gee whiz. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> you know, challenging times. Now, I want to, I want to sort of bear down on this whole um, strategy idea. So should founders be responsible for the planning and the implementation of the strategy or how do you see that? Sure. So I think founders really need to know themselves, be introspective enough to understand uh, their own strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm and also areas that they should be uh, controlling versus areas they should be delegating. Uh, So I often think of this uh, coin of ambivalence versus confidence. And it's really important to have that coin in both sides of it. At times you need to be incredibly confident around what is a strategy? How are you presenting it to potential investors? How are you presenting it to clients? How are you making sure it happens? Excuse me. But at other times, you need to be ambivalent where you're not quite sure the best path, uh, who needs to be involved, what uh, resources are necessary in order to activate the strategy. So in all that dynamic, founders need to understand that they might serve better in the planning stage, in the implementation stage, and they might serve better to be confidently uh, promoting a strategy or ambivalently collecting information and understanding uh, from advisors and other uh, feedback, the best ways to move forward. Okay. And are there other people who should be, I mean, I'm assuming other people need to be involved in implementation, but what about the planning? So I would say that the planning should involve at one level or another, all the stakeholders, as well as all the people who will be implementing the strategy. So if you're talking about dozens of people, you're not necessarily going to pull them all into the room. You may do one or possibly two brainstorming sessions with a cross-section of those stakeholders. And then you want to involve the people who are really going to help to execute the strategy and make sure it's effective. So that might be an operations person if you have them. It also might be the head or somebody involved in any of the teams or functions of the company as long as they're really good at moving things forward, as long as they're uh, helpful in aligning resources and team members 
as long as they're good at uh, setting and measuring metrics, uh, and as long as uh, they're good at being flexible so that if the strategy needs to change, if the initial results are indicating you're not going in the right direction, they're willing to shift, you know, those people who can be flexible. And with all those traits, it might be the same person or it might be various people along the way. All right, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it feels like the strategy is a living, breathing thing. And so it, it needs um, constant attention to make sure that it still makes sense. That's right. Uh, both the persistence of, of making sure that things are happening uh, throughout the implementation and also the uh, vision to see across markets, economies, uh, your clients and other stakeholders to see if there are changes which occurred, which means you have to revisit and possibly change your strategy. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a biggie. I would think that um, a challenge for a founder could be uh, getting a lot of input from a lot of different people, you know, advisors, investors, people on the team. Are there sort of like best practices for uh, like filtering out the most valuable ideas? Sure, now that's a great question because uh, every founder is going to have dozens, if not hundreds of people who have strongly held beliefs about what that founder should do next. Yep. And so it's important on the one hand to hear various opinions and to get feedback. We don't want to have blinders on. But on the other hand, you need to be able to filter that advice and collect the best information. Uh, so the way I talk about it with founders is to think about collaboration versus solutions. Uh, that is, you want to get advice that helps you to improve your direction, improve your velocity, but not necessarily have people telling you what to do and to understand the difference. And then you also want to get advice around uh, the disease versus the symptom. So if something's going wrong, you might see it play out a certain way, but you really want to understand what is the underlying cause to those problems so that you can best uh, find a way to cure that disease and move forward. I think that has got to be one of the biggest challenges is being able to identify when it's a symptom and not the disease. It feels to me like a lot of companies spend time on symptoms and, and never really get to a cure, an overall cure. That's exactly right. I feel like there's a lot of energy spent around, oh, like these customers are unhappy or this yeah. investor has a strong belief. And instead, uh, it's really important for us to, to stop and say, okay, well, what caused this? What's the deeper meaning? Uh, how do you think this came about in the first place? And how do we prevent it from occurring again? So it feels a lot of pressure in order to solve right away. And that is important. You have to put out the fire, but you also have to come along and install fireproofing so that there isn't another fire the next day and the day after that. Are there any sorts of um, I, don't, I don't really want to call them tactics. The word triggers keeps coming into my head for being able to look at something and say to yourself, okay, wait a minute, there, there, there's a deeper issue to solve. You know, there, there's something behind 
this situation that we're in right now? So I would say some of those uh, triggers uh, to use that word would be one, if it's very disruptive, uh, either to multiple people or to a great source of revenue, uh, you have your own way to prioritize your business. Um, but secondly, if you see issues uh, come up again and again, uh, where you're not able to move as efficiently and effectively as possible, they might be minor events, but they keep happening. You really want to understand the underlying cause, because as you scale, those issues will magnify and eventually they will become big problems. So that's another indicator that there are symptoms and you have to understand the disease. That's really great. One of the things that I notice um, that leaders do sometimes is they focus on um, the, the random thing. You know, maybe it feels big, maybe it had somewhat of an impact, but it's like a one-off but they end up spending a lot of time trying to solve for that instead of the things that are consistently happening that aren't good. Do you, have you seen that at all? Oh yes, very much. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all humans, right? And it's, yeah. it's very tempting to be distracted either by a beautiful shiny object or that, uh, that thing which makes us feel like we're in pain and we have to do something about it right away. Uh, in those instances, I think it's really important to go back to your vision, your values, and then the strategy, like we've been talking about, Diane, you know, what is the strategy we set out to accomplish? And is this uh, issue really enough to disrupt us from our path and shift resources and really alter our strategy? Or is it something that we can effectively compartmentalize? Maybe somebody on the team can handle it. Maybe an outside resource, you know, maybe we have to pay a couple dollars, but it'll save us dozens of hours. It's totally worth it. But we really want to put anything that comes into play in terms of our strategy and long-term goals. Yeah, boy, no kidding. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is, this is something that I hear and I know a lot of companies deal with. So you start your business and you have your initial, let's just say, you know, your initial team and the company grows and, you know, evolves. And what happens if the business grows like beyond the capabilities of those early employees? 
Sure. No, that's a really a, a challenging question. So I've seen this handled a couple of ways. Uh, one is uh, if you're working with a founder who's very self-aware, then it's a little easier to say, this person has been wonderful with the company, but we have reached uh, the threshold of their uh, capability in helping us to grow, right? There's only so much training. There's only so much experience that can be pushed into a matter of weeks or months. And it may be the case that the company has grown beyond their uh, capacity. Then in that case, then I say you can either bring in uh, a mentor or a manager, or you really need to install a leader who's at the next level, who's going to really help take the company further down the road. Uh, the other thing I've seen with some founders is they're very clear with their team up front, and they say that all of us, myself and you and everyone who comes on board later, is really going to go through a period where our roles are going to shift and evolve. And that may mean that what we're doing today is not what we're doing tomorrow. And by setting that expectation early, it's easier to approach it further down the road. It can be part of formal or informal performance reviews. It can be part of open discussions around how are we all effectively moving this company forward? Oh, I love that. I mean, I love setting the expectation anyway. I, a lot of times we don't because we're, we're just doing, right? We're getting in there. But that is so great because then it may never happen. But if it does, it, it's a conversation that is probably easier to have. That's right. And it's often a conversation that can start with ourselves and then we can engage the other person. So I might say to a founder, I am happy to work with you as a fractional COO as far and as long as I add value. And that may be three months or three years mm -hmm. or some period in between. Um, but let's keep an open conversation. Let's talk about what I can do to contribute to the company's growth and to your development. And when that ceases to be the most effective route, let's talk about how to offboard effectively. And that makes it easier to then have the discussion with the founder about, okay, let's look at your calendar and see how you're spending your time. And is that really the most effective way to grow the company for you to spend hours in weekly meetings or for you to engage in uh, details and minutia of the product when there are investor calls and partner discussions to be had. I can open up the conversation based on my own uh, circumstances and how I can add value to the company. Okay, and, and is it fair to say that in some situations, the founder becomes the roadblock to future growth? Yes, uh, that is definitely fair to say. I, I've seen that a lot of times, and a couple things will happen. So ideally, the founder is self-aware and realizes that they're not optimizing their time or they're not the most effective resource at this stage in the company, and they bring in other members of the leadership either to supplement or to replace their role in the company. And sometimes that can be a very open and smooth transition. Sometimes a company will stagnate, and in startup terms, that can almost sound like death, but the company will hover around a certain mark. You know, Maybe it's a few million in revenues a year, which is fine for some people, but for those who had aspirations to be a billion-dollar IPO, that's not exactly where they want to be. 
And the company just lives this life of its own where it's really held fast at a certain level. And then the third scenario is the investors uh, come in and say, okay, founder, you really cannot be leading the company at this point. We've exceeded your capacity. The company really needs to take another direction and have somebody in the CEO role. Wow. Okay. Excuse me. Um, So if someone's listening to this right now and they're thinking to themselves, you know, it would have been great to do this when I started, but I didn't. Um, How, what is something that they could do like right now to implement strategy? So what I would say to that is it's important to touch base on strategy on a regular basis. So it could be, excuse me, 15, 30 minutes a week. It could be an hour a month, and it could be half a day every quarter. And that would involve you talking with other stakeholders. It could be a brainstorming session. It could be a meeting with the leadership team. It could be talking to a couple of mentors or advisors, um, but really taking that time on a regular basis to implement strategy and reconceive strategy as part of your calendar. You know, it's very tempting to be distracted by all the emails, all the customer requests, all the product features that need to roll out and just lose sight of the big picture. If you put those uh, recognition points in your calendar on a regular basis and you abide by that, you can shift those meetings. So if there is an important investor call, you can move that meeting, but you never delete it. You always take that time every week, every month, every quarter to step back and think about the big picture and and are your actions and activities today aligned with your vision and exit for the company tomorrow? Yeah, I think that's that's really great. I'm a huge fan of putting things on your calendar and treating them like appointments so you'll actually get them done. And, and then, as you said, if, if something more pressing comes up, you can move it, but at least it's there and it's not just sort of hovering around you, it's actually got a place. That's right. That's right. Finding someone to help us be accountable to yeah. ourselves and to our vision is really difficult. And to some extent, leaders can do that themselves, but everyone needs a coach or someone to guide them in order to perform better. You think of top-notch athletes who still have trainers and coaches. You think of top-notch leaders who still report in the boards and talk to their mentors. Everyone who's uh, widely successful in their game still needs somebody to help keep them accountable, or else we're tempted to run off the rails and go off in a direction that's not really positive for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of obstacles, what do you think is the biggest obstacle to success for small businesses? I would say that small businesses really struggle with prioritization. Mm. Any given day, there could be a hundred or more things that you could be doing with your time and limited resources. You need to take a a little bit of time, even if it's five minutes a day, to think about how are you going to prioritize your day and how are you going to fill your calendar like we talked about, Diane? That prioritization is the key differentiator between successful and unsuccessful founders. Yeah, that's really interesting. 
And do they not do it because they're so in the weeds They're They just, you know, they hit the ground running and they don't give themselves the time to step out. That's right. I, I think we're highly tempted by the emails pouring through social media, investors calling, opportunities knocking. There are a ton of distractions. But if we don't take a little bit of pause every day and, and make an effort to prioritize what needs to happen based on where we want to go, then we will be constantly reacting to others' needs and questions. Right. So easy. I mean, that's easy to do. I, th I think it's difficult to get yourself to, I hear it all the time from small business owners that they, they feel overwhelmed and they're not carving out that time. I actually had somebody say to me the other day, you know, I just, I don't really see any white space on my calendar. And I said to her, it's there. You just, you know, let's take a look because there's always space to be able to plug in for you to like unplug and, and take a step out so that you can look at things a little differently. I totally agree. And in addition to unplug, I think it's worthwhile exercise to spend an hour every month to think about how to unsubscribe. So you go through your calendar, you look at all those recurring meetings and you say, am I really adding value in those meetings? And are those meetings the best use of my time compared to other priorities and ways that I could contribute to the company? And then you do the same with your emails and other points of contact. You say, are, are these messages I'm getting really contributing the best possible way to the most successful outcome of me and of the company? And if the answer is no, then you start to unsubscribe. You can be upfront and honest about it and tell people, hey, I'm no longer going to be able to join your meeting. I'm happy to touch base on an infrequent basis and, and have a conversation, but I just can't make that meeting. And people will generally accept that. And it allows you to be more proactive with your schedule and to really focus on how you can contribute the most. I think that's the biggest part, the biggest part is, is how can you contribute the most? Because we get so used to engaging in these behaviors. This is what we do. But we, we don't stop to look and go, okay, but is this really even effective? Is this really contributing? Am I really contributing to something that's moving forward? Yes, no, I totally agree. And I think having that conversation in a very open manner is a very effective way to share how you're prioritizing the company strategy, how you're thinking about moving forward. Yeah. Oftentimes, if people see the big picture, <clears throat> they may not agree fully with you know, their day-to-day -day job and, and all the minutiae, but they will largely respond to having a sense of meaning in the company's growth and expansion. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, Benjamin, I really appreciate this conversation. Uh, I, I think it's really valuable and helpful for um, the small business owners who are listening to, to this podcast. So thank you so much for spending this time with me. And will you let the listeners know how they can find you? Certainly, Diane. Uh, I can be found at www.webuildscalegrow.com. And then from there, you can see my blog where I update regularly. Uh, if you're interested, I can add you to a newsletter that goes out to over 5,000 people weekly. And I also add updates to LinkedIn where you can find me under Build, Scale, Grow. Excellent. Thank you. I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes as well. So as I said, thank you. And listeners, thank you. 
You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.